Well, I was I was informed when I come in tonight by my two lovely boys over there that everybody's tired. So I'll have to cut my sermon down from two hours to one and three quarters tonight because <laughs> you're all a little bit tired and glazed over. So... Um, my first time of the of the evening. I'm I was here this time last year. I as as you know, Terence has just recopied the um rota and um so I was exactly in this position exactly this time last year. I'm not gonna say exactly the same thing, but what I am gonna say, which are exactly the same as what I said last year is I know we're not in December yet, but I haven't got another chance to bring a little Christmas spirit, so I'm just going to bring a little bit of Christmas spirit tonight. I know, as we were told this morning, that next week is the first week of Advent, but um, and in, in my sermon I was looking at for last year, I think Terence had written... Up something in the bulletin about um, how Christmas is coming earlier every year. And um, I started off my sermon by saying bar humbug because, um, well, you've got to make the most of it, isn't it? It's not yet for long and then it's gone. So, um, anyway, here we are. And um, I've said all I know what I said there. So I just start by you. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit tonight about well, um, a big part of what Christmas is, and that's not Jesus, and I'm getting to him, <laughs> but um, it's gifts. We all like to receive a gift. Um, my kids will tell you that I love to receive a little gift. And I might say to them, they'll say to me, what, Mom, what do you want for Christmas? And I'll say, oh, well, I'd like so-and-so, or I'd seen a nice coat that I like in Marks and Spencers, which I have, um, and I've seen this and I've seen that. But if they'd say, oh, well, I'll get you that, and I'd say, but I've got to have a little something under the tree, you mind? <laughs> you know, as a surprise. So um, they know how much I like a little gift. So I'm going to talk a little bit tonight about God's gifts <coughs> to us. Um, and the first gift um, I'm going to look at tonight is the gift of life. Um, something I trust we are all receiving tonight. Although I'm looking out <laughs> and I'm a little bit concerned about some. But um, way back in Genesis we read this. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now, I shouldn't really say this because I didn't come to Mercy Church because I haven't had five minutes to do this. But I was watching five minutes of Frankenstein this afternoon. Frankincense, no, Frankenstein. You know, the one where he breathes life, well he doesn't breathe life but there's a little bit in the, in the thing where he says I'm going to be God because I am going to create um, 
this monster and I'm going to put life where there wasn't life. Of course, it all went pear-shaped for Frankenstein, as we know. But um, I've never actually seen that film all the way through because I was too scared. But um, so it's like I think it's like 1930s or something like that. So why I'm scared, I don't know. But um, anyway, I think he was very misunderstood, Frankenstein. But um, that's by the way. But he tried to put life into somebody else. He succeeded, but it didn't work out. God is the only one, is what I'm trying to say here is who can bring life, who can breathe life into people um, and make them uh, put his breath of life into them. Um, Science is quite worrying, I think, when you look at things that people can do today Mm -hmm. and how technology has moved on and different things. But you know what? I don't think they will... Well, I know for a fact that there will never, ever come a time when anybody can breathe life into another person because only God can do that because he is the one who brings us life. It's not something, breathing, that is, it's not something that we take notice of, is it? You know, you're not sitting by there now thinking, I'm breathing. Um, Because as the saying goes, it's as natural as breathing. There is no problem until we experience difficulty in doing so. And then we realise what a precious gift breathing life actually is. I think back to when my father was ill and when my mother was ill and when they were short of breath and there's nothing worse than watching someone who's catching their breath and being short of breath. Um, so that's how we, when we realise how precious this gift of life is to us when God breathed life into Adam he technically breathed life into all the generations that would come from him what a great gift life is another gift that God has given to us is the Holy Spirit way back when the disciples were gathered in the upper room and God came in the form of the Holy Spirit and breathed fire into a group of 120 people that were gathered there. And as they were, this Holy Spirit breathed life into them, the room couldn't contain them. And they tumbled out into the world, teaching and bringing the gospel to so many. It is said of them, and you would have heard this a million times before, that they turned the world upside down what a gift the Holy Spirit is I often sit and think and wonder how we would live our Christian lives without him guiding us, comforting us and challenging us and if you were here this morning um, you would be challenged by the sermon that we had um, as we pray And ask the Holy Spirit to give us boldness to be able to tell other people about what God can do for them and what Jesus has done for them. He does challenge us, but he also gives us boldness. And um, we need boldness, don't we, in this world that we are living in. Um, It's hard uh, to be a Christian 
I think of that little t-shirt we used to wear years ago with all the angry fish and the little fish and he's going the other direction all the other fish got teeth but this little fish going the other way is just a, a normal little fish and that's us in this world that we live in, in. everybody seems to have teeth except us but um, we've got the Holy Spirit and he can help us and give us boldness to be able to tell people about what Jesus has done for us. Now, when God breathed that fire in the upper room, he technically breathed fire into all the generations that would go after them. If we know it or not, if we're in the church or if we're in Christ or not, the Holy Spirit is at work in all of our lives. And I truly believe that, that people... Um, who have no thought of him the Holy Spirit is working in their lives and one day um, we pray don't we for our families and, and different people to, to come to know the Lord as, our, as their saviour that the Holy Spirit will speak in such a way and bring them into this wonderful fold and family that we belong to now they are both fabulous gifts and we could talk about so many more of God's gifts tonight um, get those gifts that express the generosity of God and none of us here would doubt the bene- benevolent nature of the God we serve so I've talked enough about gifts now I'm going to talk about Jesus so we turn our attention now to the chapter that we read tonight that was read by us by Joe, our resident reader Joe leader. <laughs> I think he has read the last Five weeks. <laughs> so he has become the resident uh, reader of um, Emmanuel. But um, he read this chapter in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 9. The background to the chapter is at the, at the end of chapter 8 and the beginning of chapter 9, we read that Paul has been bragging to the Macedonians about the people of Corinth, the Corinthians' generosity. And in these chapters, he is just reminding them of it, of this generosity that they have. And that I, I, I assume that he's going to visit them or somebody is coming to visit them in, in Corinth. And he's reminding them that they are very generous people. And he's been singing their praises to other people of how generous they are. And he's just making sure that when these people arrive, that he's not made out to be a liar, and that their generosity is, you know, is of the highest level. And he is not to let let him down by being less generous than they usually are. So basically, he's put him up here on a pedestal for their generosity, and. Um, He's not, you know, they are not to let him down and make him out to be like he's been exaggerating or something. So then, um, so that's the background to it. And then he goes on to say, um, in the part that we read, is the importance of being generous. And I think that was verse 11. He says, while you are enriched in everything for your liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us, to God, so he, he he sort of stresses the importance of the. Uh, oh, I can see. 
their liberality. However, as we read a little bit further down, it puts all the Corinthians' generosity into perspective and all the importance of that, because it is important, as Sophie said before the um, collection tonight, that God does love a cheerful giver. Um, And it is important to be generous in the work of God. And I think that's just what Paul was saying, you know, that we commend, commend the Corinthians for their generosity and the importance of that. But as important as it is, um, it pairs into insignificance when we compare it with the generosity of God. And we read in verse 15 that his, he says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. In other words, other words for it is unspeakable, inexpressible, infinitely precious the infinitely pre- oh gosh infinitely preciousness of his gift now over the years i have received gifts that are unspeakable and indescribable for all the wrong reasons i can talk about him tonight because he's not here but there have been times in our relationship where he has bought me a gift and I think to myself Paul I'm talking about by the way (laughs) that man we've been together for 30 years 32 years and he doesn't know me because some of the things he has bought me over the years well they just don't bear they're unspeakable (laughs) last year he bought me a unicorn candle holder. <laughs> and the problem is? <laughs> it's got pride of place in my bathroom. i got to be honest, I've told him, I've told him millions of times that the only reason we are still together is because he can make me laugh. And I opened our present and I just fell about laughing because he, can't, he can make me laugh. I mean, a unicorn candle holder. I saw it in Asda then, a day, couple of days later, and it was half price. I thought, right, that's, how, that's why I had it, because it's down to half price. And it's 10% off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, more, don't rub it in. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that bit. Hey, you probably had it in double discount as well. Do you know, we probably give about 30 pence for that. <laughs> But no, over the years, I tell you what now, there's been... But he is getting better. Apart from that, I think that was a joke on him. One joke, yeah, it was a joke. He's standing up for his father over there. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, yesterday, it was our Christmas fete in work. And um, I was privileged enough to sit on Santa's knee. He, <laughs> I thought, how the world has changed. I sat on his knee... And the first thing he said to me was, I've been CRB checked. You're all right. <laughs> I thought, oh, my word, what, what is the world coming to? I can sit on his knee because he's been CRB checked. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, he asked me what I wanted. For, he asked me if I'd been good, and I said, yeah. And he asked me if I want what I wanted for Christmas. And I said, I would love um, a silver mook, two-door, soft top, um, with a big red bow on it, sitting in my street on Christmas morning. 
he informed me that that car would be there on Christmas morning. Father Christmas, does he ever tell a lie? We'll, we'll soon find out. But you know what? I would, do you know if I woke up Christmas morning and I opened my curtains and that was by the door, I wouldn't be able to speak. It, it would be an in, in unspeakable gift. I would be a, unable to express myself. It would be unexpressible. So those kinds of gifts, but still pale into insignificance when we think of the gift that tops all gifts. The gift that God gave to us, his son, Jesus. The New Living Translation says, thank God for his son. A gift, and I can't understand my writing, a gift too wonderful, too wonderful for words. Charles Spurgeon says, even though the gift is unspeakable, it doesn't mean we can't talk about it. How many times over the last 40 years have I spoken about it? I have heard of one who said, oh, I suppose Spurgeon is preaching that old story over again. Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. And if I live another 20 years, it will be the old, old story still. For there is nothing like it. It's indescribable because of the enormity of it. God, who breathed life into the human race. God, who breathed fire into the remnant in the upper room. Has been compressed into this small babe. I was watching, Paul had some Christmas song channel on. Too early, I know, but he had it on. And The Power of Love by Frankie Goes to Hollywood was playing. And the whole video is about is this story. And I don't know about you, but it just, every time I think of this story, every time I see it portrayed, it just gives me goosebumps. Because it is just such a wonderful story. A wonderful thing that has happened. That Jesus, all, who was all these things, was compressed into this small little baby. I say this probably every time I preach. My father used to say, God became the size of a full stop. How can that be described who has words to even begin to understand such a thing? We could be here all night and have the greatest theologian in our midst and we will never be able to encompass all the meaning of God in becoming the man Jesus. God becoming one of us. How will we ever fathom the love that drove God the Father to do such a thing? that he would make himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, humbling himself, making himself dependent on a human mother and father, the creator being looked after and needing the help of the created. Why? 
Why would he do such a thing? Because it was the plan to redeem the lost race back to himself. This an indescribable gift is himself. That is God's gift to us. God's gift of himself. Do you know, it's indescribable. As I've been coming on a Thursday night and hearing um, what Terence has had to say um, about the prophecies of, of Jesus in the Old Testament, his birth, his death, we did his birth. It's indescribable because of the way that it all just fitted perfectly into place. The, the census and, and the fact that it was in Bethlehem and, and how everything just went to plan. It's indes- how can you describe such a thing that was prophesied hundreds and hundreds of years before and yet everything came together on that night when our Lord and Saviour was born? It's in, you, <laughs> I just lost for words. It's, it's just absolutely amazing. We serve an amazing God tonight. Um, we, we've heard it. We, we heard it every week. He's, he's brilliant. He's amazing. He's absolutely in tune with everything. Everything that he says he does. And it's just such a wonderful wonderful thing that he did for us when Jesus came he's, he's inexpressible he's the unspeakable gift of God in Jesus he became poor that we might be rich he suffered terrible shame that we may have indescribable glory he sorrowed that we might rejoice he was bound that we may be free he died that we might live now you may have lots of gifts on Christmas morning hint hint some you may love others you'll be disappointed with some will make you laugh others will be just what you wanted you may be amazed at the generosity of people but remember in amongst all that how it will all pale into insignificance when we look at the babe in the manger and we lift our eyes heavenward and say thank you God for you were gift of Jesus which is just too wonderful for words. Amen.